Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. get this turned down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double and you're now tuned in to episode what is this 110 of do rags and bow shoes let me double check y'all know i'm slow out here in the game all fucked up in the game my voice is 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 slowly but surely coming back so y'all know i've been sick for like the past goddamn yeah 110 episode 110 i've been sick for the past fucking three weeks and so I finally broke down and went to the doctor because that ain't normal. You know, most people have the flu maybe a week, week and a half, two weeks max. So I went to the uh, urgent care and shout out to uh, the Walgreens here in Omaha, uh, especially up north, down north. Uh, there's one by my house up on 72nd and they built urgent cares right next to them. So y'all know me. I don't fuck with doctors like that. Even though I'm getting older, I need to start, you know, going to the doctor regularly and I'm going to start doing that. <clears throat> but, you know, it's just so many times, you know, you end up going in for one thing and next thing you know, they talking about they got to remove both your livers and some shit like that. And then next thing you know, your shit is on the black market or some shit like that. So that's why black folks really don't fuck with the doctors like that. Just like we had uh, uh, we had uh, St. Joe Hospital, a.k.a. Killer Creighton down there on uh, 30th. Uh, north 30th and people go in there the stub they they didn't stub they told and next thing you know they taking off their whole damn left leg but anyway so i go up to the urgent care and the uh the nurse practitioner sees me and it's crazy because with my insurance for my job i didn't have a fucking copay for an urgent care visit which was wild right so i get up there nurse practitioner is like oh yeah you should have came in earlier uh we've been seeing a lot of this so it's like a severe flu bug so I beat the flu, but that shit morphed into a bad uh, sinus infection. So my face was just all fucked up. So, you know, I had a, you know, a, a nasty sore throat, you know, just mucus just everywhere. I know that's disgusting. And uh, I lost my voice. And as y'all can hear it, it's barely coming back. Um, but the antibiotics finally started kicking in. And uh, I'm here and I'm rocking with y'all. But... You know, just a word of advice, you know, you'd be sick for, you know, more than a week, you know, go ahead and head to the doctor, you know, if them over the counter and them, uh, them vitamins ain't working because I was fighting the hell out of it. You know, I was bouncing back and forth, but then I knew something was up because I kept coming in and out of a fever, you know, waking up in cold sweats and shit like that. And I was, <coughs> excuse me, all fucked up in the game, but my voice is finally coming back. I'm feeling a little bit better. And, uh, that's why I was off last week, but uh, I just want to say to y'all, Happy New Year, and uh, hopefully y'all had a great New Year's. I was working, uh, dealing with extreme cold, and, you know, I still made it made it home before midnight, you know, to hug and kiss my lady, uh, which is a big thing. I, you know, I made it home just in time for that. You know, I, I even 
I mean, I was rushing, boy. I was doing about 90 on the freeway to get home in time because I didn't get done with my route until like 1130. And I work half hour away from the from the crib. I mean, from uh, from uh, home. Well, I work half hour away, um, which is a crazy drive, crazy long drive. But I know people in other cities like, what the fuck? But if you live in the Omaha metropolitan area, you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. So a 30 minute drive is a long, long drive. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen. Um, first things first, we got a shout out Shea Moisture. I know Shea Moisture is uh, still on the bottom of a lot of black women's list. But um, we knew that time bought the majority of, well, bought the rest of the shares of uh essence magazine and which is owned by the coke brothers and uh, so i thought that some fuckery was going to be afoot you know with essence magazine being owned by the coke brothers but shea moisture stepped in and uh they bought it they bought it from time inc so now it's back to being 100 percent completely black owned so that is what is up so shout out to shea moisture on that i love that <coughs> excuse me uh, there's been a lot going on in this goddamn uh and was just going on in the media and shit like that but man did, did y'all get a chance to watch dave Chappelle's new stand-up both of them <clears throat> so he had a couple of stand-ups because he had a three uh stand-up deal with uh netflix i think for 20 million a piece i think he got like 60 m's for it and then he dropped in a, a, an additional one where he was talking about uh, what was happening, you know, in Hollywood and as far as, you know, with the Me Too movement and these women uh, finally coming forward to uh, speak their truth. And uh, it, it was funny. It's very funny. But, uh, you know, Dave got back in the hot water with the uh, LGBTQIAA crowd with the fake outrage. And remember, I told you all about weaponized outrage, right? So they're trying to get Dave Chappelle about the paint. They got they even got black folks hopping in on this train talking about, oh, this was a very transphobic uh, stand-up special and all this other shit. Just just biting into, you know, with the the uh, the mainstream media, the agenda that's being pushed by Glad. Um, you know, so this is what we're seeing. Just this weaponized outrage. Now, you know, Dave got flack in the last Netflix specials about his transgender jokes, and that's all due to GLAD. And I told y'all before, the sole purpose of this organization is to monitor media for discrimination against LGBTQIAA uh, community. That's the whole sole purpose of this organization is to publicly shame um, people in front of the media who uh, discriminate against uh, the LGBTQs or has have just anything against this so-called negative. Now, the thing about Dave Chappelle is what's funny is, you know, um, and the man, my man's Ricky Rawls, a.k.a. T, broke it down so beautifully, is that Dave Chappelle, you know, he mainly had that white crowd. He didn't really come up under, you know, like the Def Jams and things like that, even though he was on Def Comedy Jam and uh things like that but his his really his core audience before the Chappelle show was really that that white stoner you know and then with his jokes it was kind of like Dave was always the the black friend that made it okay to laugh at black people's pain right so these people didn't have no issue with Dave Chappelle 
you know, talking about black folks and then, you know, the Chappelle show, him having a crackhead ass uh, Tyrone Biggums. No, no disrespect to my man Tyrone Biggums. I got him hosting Selling Hope Like Dope. Hopefully he shows up for the segment. But um, just there was all kind of different, you know, uh, you know, just racist pickaninnies, um, you know, Clayton Bixby, the black white supremacist. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, Dave was always, like I said, that black friend that made it OK to laugh at, you know, black people, stereotypes, black stereotypes and being just kind of that bridge of white folks you know being okay to laugh at the type of shit that he was saying you know what i'm saying so that wasn't an issue but now him at cracking jokes about caitlin jenner and uh I, he said it so beautifully and i can't say the words actually how he said them but he was saying that it's a funny dilemma you know to be born this gender but you feel that you're another gender and you go so far as to chop your dick off like it's, it's just fucking funny and it is it is hilarious if you think about that somebody chopping off their own dick because they don't feel like something they'll feel like is right you know what i'm saying they feel like they're a woman so they invert their dicks but you know it's just it's one of those things where it's cool to basically have this outrage right now it's cool to be outraged that's the thing right now it is very cool about to be outraged and but nobody was you know wagging their finger at dave Chappelle. no white folks was out here forming groups and wagging their finger like oh you know why is he making fun of the crack epidemic you know with this tyrone biggums character you know what about this black white supremacist shit like that you know what i'm saying and so you have a lot of people verify check twitter striking up conversations by saying you know what's up with dave transphobic jokes you know like he didn't joke about women visiting harvey weinstein at 3 a.m i mean he made fun of asians and his wife is filipino he made fun of poor whites at the voting polls so you're trying to convince people that dave is transphobic but i mean it's 2018 we gotta start calling out fake outrage you know if you see bullshit you gotta call it out like really if you're going to be mad about that you have to be mad about every fucking thing else you know you have to stop you know get your panties out of a fucking bunch you know that goes for men and women and if you don't identify that as that you identify as a fucking rotary phone or a fucking notepad or some shit like that a notepad that wants to have sex with a guitar case you know that's all good for you but stop with the fake fucking outrage please because uh with dave Chappelle, anybody can fucking get it anybody and i'm just i'm really tired of people cherry picking for their their own gain and to push their own agenda that shit ain't gonna fly and i'm calling it the fuck out and uh nipsey hustle um you know shout out to that brother you know black owned businesses just doing his thing out on the west coast uh fly cripping and shit like that and victory lap is coming soon so he's catching hell now from the uh, gay black folks and from the gay queer white folks uh, because he was talking about uh, in an Instagram post um, how basically it's just going to be, you know, no bullshit with black men. 
and he didn't delete the post and he said something about like no homosexuality and things of that sort and this is a street nigga and what he was getting at is social engineering that's what he's talking about right now because right now we have a system in place that social engineers black men to be thugs to be try to be an athlete to make it out or you know to bust their asshole wide open uh and submit to the system at play and be complacent in it instead of being a strong black man it has nothing to do with sexuality i think he was just speaking on the terms of social engineering and making um black men weak so he shouldn't have said homosexuals i mean he should have used a different phrase but he's still standing by his word so what he's speaking on and what he's trying to say is talk about social engineering uh just how black men have to be so goddamn docile in the workplace and how to move in this system of white supremacy and he was just calling that out and saying that 2018 is the year of the strong black man and we have to stop being on that bullshit and stop being so weak out here and i don't agree with having you know comparing weakness with homosexuality because there's some gay dudes out here that will beat the brakes off a straight nigga any time any place but i understand where he was coming from so again 2018 we have to stop with the fake outrage and it's easy to sit up on the plantation and argue back and forth with a fellow black man or a black woman because that's an easy target and this is uh you just being uh you know you just got your wheel spinning but you're stuck in park and you're not making any progress forward or backwards you're just sitting there in neutral you know with the parking brake on and you just got your foot on the gas and you think you're going somewhere but you ain't going a goddamn where but it makes you feel good at the end of the day because you are too afraid to attack the system in place you want to keep on doing this crap in a barrel shit and you don't want to focus on who made the goddamn barrel and put you in there okay and showed you quote unquote who your enemy is so that's all i really have to say about that um shout out to dj Khaled. shout out to dj Khaled. weight watchers just gained a new ambassador with dj Khaled. he said that he's lost 20 pounds so far on this freestyle program so shout out to that brother i know he just had a kid you know Assad is everywhere and um you know it, it is health over wealth you know like i said earlier today just you know having this goddamn sinus infection it just made me realize like yo i need to go to the doctor more often you know just to you know at least once a year for a checkup and things like that to you know stay up on my game and to stay sharp so shout out to dj Khaled, dj Khaled and oprah together with weight watchers i mean that's as inspirational as it fucking gets ain't it Oh, excuse me, I'm going to have to delete them two damn coughs. But um, let's move on here. Uh, Man, what's going on in the state of Massachusetts? I don't know if y'all been following this. There was a story about this woman named uh, Sonia Farrick. She was a lab worker for the state of Massachusetts. And this woman was caught using drugs that she was supposed to be testing for drug-related cases. So she was a lab worker um, for the feds. And this bitch was up here smoking crack. That's what she was doing. She was literally smoking the drug she was supposed to be testing. So instead of smoking, so instead of testing the Ready Rock, she will smoke the pebble. So now the ACLU is looking to get more than 8,000 convictions overturned that Farrick has worked on. And she's currently serving an 18-month bid right now. And if y'all remember, back in 2013, uh, Annie Dukan 
uh, that was a Boston lab worker. She was caught falsifying drug evidence for more than eight years, and that resulted in over 22,000 convictions being overturned. Massachusetts out here fucking up to the utmost degree. That is just wild right there. I thought that was something interesting that y'all would like to know about. And then um, I guess we can talk about Oprah. Uh, in her speech at the Golden Globes, I'm going to tell y'all right now, America doesn't deserve Oprah. They don't. They don't. Not at all. Not at fucking all. You will not take Oprah from us. You will not take Oprah from us. Oprah is not here to clean up y'all bullshit. All of these fuck faces and these retards put this piece of shit in office and you want this black woman to be the fucking mule and, uh you know, try to change everything again, it ain't her fucking job, let Oprah sit on, sit on her billions, God bless Oprah, I don't want that stress on that woman, I don't want that on her at all, her or Michelle Obama, we don't deserve it, um, you know, these people, these fucking retards that voted for Trump and still out here um, defending him, you know, they are getting exactly what they deserve, getting exactly what they deserve they still out here pissed pissed down poor don't want to learn a new skill out here bullshitting and uh looking for a goddamn handout you know this is this is one of white supremacy's last fucking stand and you see that that white house is imploding on itself just with steve bannon being fired and then uh trump calling him sloppy steve on air this is the nastiest most disgusting thing that i've ever seen with this administration you got open white supremacists in the white house and then you got you know just a very incompetent man i was watching uh meet the press uh, from this past sunday and they had uh the guy who wrote that book fire and fury about trump and it was saying how much the staff just everybody there just treats him like a child because he acts like a fucking child like this is a grown-ass baby he's a grown-ass fucking baby and i'm not going to let you know this is just like how barack obama came in after george w bush's fuck up with the war and the katrina fiasco and then here comes the uh the magic negro to clean up everything and inspire hope and change into everybody and tell us it's going to be all right we don't deserve oprah we really don't fucking deserve oprah we really don't and i say we and i'm talking about america as a fucking country because it's fucking disgusting it is it's fucking disgusting this place america could actually be a fucking utopia if we were all on the same damn page and we work together america could be a fucking utopia but we out here want to nitpick and bullshit and argue over dumb shit and over identity issues and shit like that and we act like we can't walk and chew gum at the same damn time we act like we can't talk about identity issues while fighting for social justice at the same time. It's always one or the fucking other. Like we ain't got two hands, two feet, and two eyes. And two ears. We act like it's just fucking stupid. America could be a fucking utopia. The whole world could be a utopia if we were all on the same page. But everybody got their own fucking agenda. And everybody think that thinks that they're better than everybody else instead of working to fucking gather. So no, we don't fucking deserve Oprah. Oprah thinks about things in a unified way. You want her to bring us all together? Fuck that. We don't deserve Oprah. We deserve what we got with President Trump. Black folks don't deserve it. But some black folks did vote for Trump. 
fucking idiots. But um, we don't. We don't deserve Oprah. We don't need another entertainer in the in the in the White House. We don't. We need somebody who knows about policy and things of that sort. You know, people just want to feel good now because we are in a shitty ass situation. But this is who America really is. You know, we walked around in the days for eight years under President Obama because you had this smooth talking black man, you know, who knew his job and he was smooth as fuck. But under underneath that, you still had this bubbling racist, this bigotry, you know, this blanket of bigotry just, you know, just kind of rising to the top slowly but surely and then here we are with a fucking a cheeto in chief and you want to you want to put it all on a black woman to turn this fucking country around no fuck that let the trump voters turn this shit around where's that trump train at where's that at we don't fucking deserve oprah and i'm tired of people saying that you know oprah for president all this we don't deserve it we don't we don't i don't want to put that on a black woman you know, to change the whole fucking country around. I don't, I don't want to put that on her. And I don't want to put that on Michelle Obama either. You know, I'd be happy if she ran, but I don't want to put that on her. You know, and even, I don't like Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, whatever you want to call her. Uh, I don't like her either, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want some black person coming in and cleaning up the shit storm that these dumbass Americans put us in from these states thinking coal was going to fucking come back. No, we don't deserve it. You know, let this shit let this shit fucking implode on itself and let everybody fend for themselves and then realize we can't get anywhere unless we fucking work together and learn a fucking new skill. That's all I gotta say, man. Hove, what you got? Don't be the next contestant on that summer jam screen. Hey, Tyrone, come on man. Come on, man. I need you to do this next segment for me. Come on, bro. Come on, I know I didn't mean to shit on you on the Summer Jam screen about you being a stereotypical black character, but I need you out here, player. Come on, man. I, I'll double the price, man. I'll give you $10 this time. Come on. You got me? All right, let's go. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right. Thank you, Tyrone. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you, you wanted to do it for that $10, but um, I'm going to have to hit you on Friday, Playboy, and your cash app. All right, so moving on to selling hope like dope. My God. My God. Um, fucking Andy Savage, a pastor down in Texas of a mega church. Oh, I'm sorry, Memphis mega church. Andy Savage, he publicly admitted uh, to a sexual assault of a minor when he was her youth pastor. And he admitted this in front of his congregation and he got a standing ovation. Wow. Wow. He was inspired by the Me Too movement, which is some bullshit because the woman came forward and uh, the New York Times reported that um, the woman, Miss Woodson, um, that she you know she thought he would apologize. More than a month later, there was still no reply, and then she decided to go public. Um, they tried to urge her to stay quiet and all this other shit. She kept putting pressure on him, and then all of a sudden, this pastor Andy Savage was inspired by the Me Too movement and decided to come forward, and he calls it an incident instead of a fucking sexual assault. Jesus. Jesus Christ, that's who you need, my friend. That's who you need. You're always preaching about purity and all this other shit. And look at you. Fuck boy. 
All right, let's see who else is out here selling hope like dope. Indiana State Representative Milo Smith. So he's trying to introduce legislation that will allow fans of the Indianapolis Colts to get refunds if they feel disrespected by players that kneel during the national anthem. Dave Chappelle hit this right on the head. You know, if we knew that kneeling during the national anthem anthem would strike such a blow towards this unjust system, we would have done it a long time ago. White folks are losing their minds over black folks kneeling during the national anthem. Losing their fucking minds. Wow. Losing their goddamn minds. And I love it. I fucking love it. But yeah, we got to just let America burn and let it rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Because this shit is just disgusting. Like, if you really want to see some change, start with yourself. Definitely start with yourself. And then hopefully that will affect the people around you. Not affect, but infect, because it needs to be an infection. Those around you and then, you know, just being a ray of hope and positivity to people. But um, we're going to stop putting pressure on black folks to uh, save America. We're going to stop that shit right now. We really are. We really have to. We have to stop that shit. Stop looking at black folks and especially black women as these magical creatures that's going to come and fucking mammify and make everybody feel better about themselves and take on the burden because they can. Fuck that. It's done. It's done. Change your goddamn self. Okay? That's been selling hope like dope. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right. So moving on to holding this L, we have to give it to H&M. Um, they knew exactly what they were doing, and you know what I'm going to speak about. I'm speaking about the little black boy in a hoodie um, that's causing all this outrage, which is just a marketing ploy of the coolest monkey in the jungle. I believe that's what the hoodie said. Uh, so if you've been sleeping up under a rock, H&M, the uh, cheap clothes store that discriminates against big, bigger men. They had a little black boy in a green hoodie and the hoodie said coolest monkey in the jungle. And then they played dumb for a minute. They let it gain some traction and let black Twitter and black folks on social media throw up a fit and throw up all these different memes with uh, coolest king of the jungle and you know you're a king and all you know replacing the words with very positive affirmations and people are like oh no oh no what the fuck yada 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 well this was part of the marketing ploy there is a whole ass business out there in making money off of black people's pain whole ass business of it uh, i mean you see it with these twitter accounts using black slang and things of that sort so people are like oh that shit is corny and then they retweet it and then somebody else retweets it next thing you know the damn thing got about eighty thousand retweets hundred and ten thousand likes you know and uh about you know three four thousand responses to it so this is just a new marketing ploy to basically get black folks to do the legwork for them when it comes to going viral because in this day and age of social media and being so um being so connected any kind of attention is good attention no matter what um this is free marketing and we just bought it hook line and sinker you know it needs to be a situation where you see something like that you're like oh okay h&m is canceled you know i'm done fucking with h&m but i've never fucked with h&m anyway um, just because I'm a big ass dude, six foot two, 295 pounds. But 
this is a situation where they knew exactly what they were doing. Some people are trying to blame it on uh, it being a, uh, what, is, what is it, a Swiss company or something like that. Their marketing is overseas. They don't know. It's global that you know to shit on black folks to get a leg up in this world. That's how every immigrant group that came over here to the States showed their allegiance to white supremacy, to the system in place by shitting on and stepping on black folks. So don't play dumb with me. This was nothing but a marketing ploy to, uh, you know, get people to talk and things like that. But a shout out to people like The Weeknd for saying that he's not fucking with H&M anymore because he did have a clothing uh, brand with them and he had some styles with them. <coughs> Excuse me, and he did some commercials for them. So shout out to him stepping up and being like, nah, I'm good on that. So this is a situation where they thought they were trying to be cute and think they were gonna get some outrage, but they did. But this was nothing but a, nothing more but a marketing ploy, you know, to get the word out and to keep on, you know, pushing their brain and pushing them cheap ass clothes so that's all that it was you know and we fell for it hook line and sinker but it has to be a situation where we know to come together and boycott and even if you work there as a little part-time gig well you need to quit you really do you really do need to walk out it ain't that hard to find another retail job paying you nine dollars an hour it ain't that hard to find another little part-time retail job it's not hard at all especially with uh, school being back in from the winter break a lot of them kids had to quit so yeah that ain't hard so this is a situation like i said it's just you know more weaponized outrage but in this instance we need to take that outrage and you know just stick our dollar back in our pocket and i'll tell y'all something uh, you know, using your dollar to boycott is one of the most powerful things. There used to be a club here in Omaha called the Shark Club. It was uh, attached to a bar. Uh, not, um, I'm sorry, not a bar, but attached to a hotel um, just off the interstate off of uh, South 72nd near uh, 72nd and Center. And uh, I learned this a long time ago. This was back in, oh, this was maybe about 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. So about 2007. Yeah, it was around that time. Um, I learned not to force people to take my money. Okay? So this was, yeah, this is about 07. So this is when people were still rocking them tees. You know, them them 5 for $20 tees from Champs and from uh, Finish Line and Foot Locker. And, uh, you know, Rockwear still kind of popping. And uh, Sean John and shit like that. And so I remember going to the club and I had a pair of... Uh, I had these pro kids, these Rockaware pro kids, uh, and they, they looked like Air Force Ones. They had the same look of it, but they were the Damon Dash pro kids, and they had the little Rockaware symbols on them, the RW on them in all different colors. There's little RWs all over them, and I had a pair of, I think it was a Nietzsche jeans. Um, it was either that or Echo, I can't remember. And I had a clean white T-shirt on, and I had a uh, track jacket on. I get to the door, the guy is just like, no, I can't let you in here with that white tee. And you can see inside the club from where he's at. You can see that. Like you can see up the steps and you can see people at the bar. And I'm just like, well, you got two guys right here. And these are two white men in dusty ass jeans and dingy ass um, white t-shirts and, uh, and uh, you know, some Nike Cortezes. Uh, the dope man's uh, and um and he's just like 
yeah, you know, I just, you know, just know how it is. I can't let you in. I'm like, and that's when it just hit me. I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I'm with my, my boys and my boys just like, oh man, just, uh, you know, just go grab a polo at the crib and we'll just come right on back. And we all drove separate. And I was like, no, nah, you got it. I mean, if you're going to give me your money, give me your money. Um, but I ain't going to force nobody to take my money. And that's, that's just something that always just stuck with me. You know, don't be so hard up for acceptance for somebody to take your hard-earned money. You know, the cover charge was like 10 bucks or something like that. But it warms my heart every time I drive by there to see that fucking club shut down. So, what I'm saying is, you know, there's no better feeling than, you know, economically, you know, shutting some shit down. You know, because that's the only thing that America respects is money and violence. Those are the two things. And you don't want to go to jail for being violent. So, you know, just hit them in the wallet. That's all I have to really say um, is about as far as this H&M thing. But we have to be on the lookout for these companies doing shit deliberately to get black folks talking. Because black folks, y'all know, we run the culture. We make shit cool. We make shit pop. We're very creative individuals. We love getting them jokes off. But... It's a situation where we can't let these companies just use us. You know, you see some foul shit, you're like, eh, okay. Well, you're done. You're finished. I'm not fucking with you like that. Okay, so that's all I got to say. But H&M, y'all really got to hold this hell with them cheap-ass clothes. You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes, and I'm apologizing for my goddamn voice. Sound like a nigga on the remix to the Whisper song, don't it? Don't it? God damn, sound like I'm up here just on the Whisper song, like, wait till you see my pick. Wait till you see my podcast. Wait till you hear my podcast. But anyway, um, moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes, I have to give it to the Amtrak staff from last October that foiled the terrorist act or plot that would have been carried out by white supremacist Taylor Wilson out here in western Nebraska. So no one really knew about this act of terror because the documents were sealed, which is odd. So um, this guy tried to hijack an Amtrak train uh, coming. It was in it was heading east, I believe, and then western Nebraska. So basically he uh, he stopped the train and then staff rushed to the control room because there, I guess there was a different control room from where the conductor was at um, and they found him sitting there and you know they held him until the police came and it, on him they found a handgun on him but his luggage contained speed loaders which are clips to let you reload faster you know to fire quicker and um, and a bunch of rounds and then they had a search warrant for his home and it showed that he had body armor numerous guns white supremacist propaganda and a hard drive with pdf files on how to kill people specifically black folks so if it wasn't for that amtrak staff acting swiftly as soon as they felt that train stop we would have been hearing about a very tragic event so had us hats off to them and he's been charged with uh, different acts of terror uh in lincoln nebraska and that is just crazy but he had a pdf files pdf files on how to kill people and anti-black propaganda and shit like that this is getting out of hand with these uh these white identity extremists it is getting fucking out of hand with these these christian radicals these white 
male Christian radicals. It is just getting out of hand and it's a fucking epidemic, but we don't want to address it because the majority of those up on Capitol Hill can see humanity in these demons that are committing these acts of terror against American citizens. But shout out to that Amtrak staff. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. Some of them foil uh, terrorist plots. All right, so moving on to health over wealth. You know what I say, without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. And in 2018, you gotta trust your process and do not skip any steps. So I'm gonna tell y'all a story. So today, earlier this morning, uh, when my wife left for work, uh, I was going to change my oil and knock out my podcast that was the only thing and clean the kitchen that was the only thing and the cleaning the kitchen is just wiping the counters down and you know getting the dishes from out the sink from last night and throwing them in the dishwasher that's it nothing too crazy that was the only thing that i had on my agenda right so right now i'm knocking out the podcast uh, and i knocked out the kitchen cooked dinner got that knocked out but earlier today i was changing my oil and i've changed my oil in my truck numerous times numerous times that's my baby Della that's the name of my truck Della but um so um so I'm changing my oil so you know these are the steps to changing your oil in your uh, vehicle so my truck sits high enough that I can just get on my creeper which is the board that has the wheels that lets you slide up under your vehicle so my 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 truck sits high enough so I can just roll on under my truck and so what you have to do is just three easy ass steps right so basically only thing that you have to do is pop off the screw from the from the oil pan underneath your truck or your vehicle and then the old oil starts spilling out so that's step one let that drain out step two is to pop off the oil filter and then uh put on a new oil filter after it's finished draining and step three is to put you know the correct amount of new oil in there that's it right so i do that and i turn my truck on and make sure everything is running smoothly you know i get this very high priced high mileage oil because my truck is very old but that's my baby and um she's been riding with me for a minute and uh she's a beast in the snow so especially in this nebraska weather so i turn her on and there's and you know i go in the house and grab something to eat real quick come back outside it's a big ass pool of just fresh oil in my uh, garage and i'm like what the fuck i'm like what the fuck so i'm like oh shit because i bought a different oil filter than i normally do by when i change uh della's oil out i normally buy a stp brand a s2 uh oil filter and this time I bought one of them mobile one, um, one of them, uh, the bigger ones. It's a little bit bigger, but it's supposed to last longer because you, because with an older vehicle, you're supposed to change it every 3,000 miles or every three months. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I forget and I'll change it every four months or something like that. And so this new oil filter is supposed to, you know, help clean the oil a little bit better than the other filter that i normally buy you know because the normal filter i buy is like five bucks this one was like 13 dollars. so i'm thinking oh fuck i bought the wrong oil filter so i popped that one off 
clean up the oil out the garage. I have to wait until my wife gets home. So that's not until later until the evening. So she gets off of work because I have to use her car to drive back to the auto store and, uh, you know, get some more oil. So this is I just wasted five fucking quarts of oil. Well, six quarts because that's a big ass truck. And um, so that's like 40 some dollars worth of oil right there. Plus the thirteen dollars for the um, filter. So that's what fifty three dollars. So now I'm going back to the store. I buy my old uh, filter that I normally use. And then I um, grab some more oil. This is $35 more worth of oil. And then um, and then I buy another pan, another oil pan to catch the oil just in case it happens again. So I won't be wasting that good ass oil. And I'm still pissed about wasting fucking four, damn near $40 worth of oil. So... Dude, go through everything again. I don't have to drain anything out because the oil just spilled all out. So I throw the new filter on and I put the uh, pan directly up under the oil filter, turn my truck on, boom, running like a faucet. I'm just like, God damn, did I crack something when I popped off the oil filter? What the fuck did I do? And you know what I did? I fucking skipped a step. When you pop off the oil filter, you're supposed to clean off the rings because uh, it just screws on but you clean off the ring from debris and shit like that so we get a good tight screw on and there's an actual gasket on there that you know lines up to where the oil comes through to get cleaned out through that filter so I go to do that and you know what the fuck is up there the fucking seal from my old the, the gasket from my old um, oil filter was stuck right on the ring and I didn't catch that at all. So my dumbass, I skipped a step. I didn't clean off the fucking ring. If I would have cleaned off the ring with a rag like I normally do, I'm just trying to hurry up and get done. I would have caught that the fuck there was an extra that that old gasket was on there. So that was letting the air seep through as soon as I turned on the engine and let all that oil leak through. And I wouldn't have been out of fucking 53 damn dollars because I'm thinking it's a bad oil filter. You know, I got the wrong size oil filter, which I did not. So I still can use that that oil filter. And then I'm just I just wasted fucking 40 damn dollars in oil. Just having this and then wasted another 45 minutes to an hour cleaning up that oil so it won't be slick in the garage. So me or my wife won't fall and bust our heads on the concrete inside the garage. So I say that to say this. Do not skip a step because you'll waste some time. You'll waste money. So whatever goal that you're chasing do not take a fucking shortcut okay don't take a fucking shortcut at fucking all don't do it don't do it don't do it trust the process and take every damn step because if you skip a step it's gonna bite you in the ass in the end all right all right i gotta bring it back one time um just uh Wanted to say rest in peace to the young man, Army Sergeant Kyle LaFleur. Uh, he was missed by many. He will be missed by many. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a horrible way for Omaha to start out the new year. So this, uh, this brother was an Army Sergeant, did two tours in Afghanistan, two tours in Iraq. He was uh, home for the holidays, um, you know, from South Korea. And, you know, hanging out with family and friends for a couple of weeks and he decided he wanted to go out to the club 
Went to uh, Club Rain, I believe it was, down there in uh, Florence, down there on North 30th. And uh, some dusty nigga shot him outside of the club. Uh, two in the chest. And this brother did two tours in the Middle East. Two tours in Afghanistan and two tours in Iraq. And he comes back home. Comes back home from where he's from. And a dusty nigga shoots him. You know, trying to rob him. It, it, is, it is senseless. It is um, disgusting. And uh, somebody out there knows something. So uh, please speak up. It ain't snitching. It's just telling the truth. And, um, you know, may that person rot in hell, you know, who did that. Because, you know, it's 2018 and you still out here on a lazy ass hustle. Rob, trying to rob niggas and do shit like that. You know, that's just a lazy ass hustle. I was watching a documentary on Netflix. Um, it was called... Uh, dope and it had like uh, five different uh, segments in it and had one about Chicago and them niggas in Chicago still selling crack um, is you know meth is taking over everywhere and opioids are taking over but these niggas still selling crack in Chicago and uh, they were talking to some GDs and there were some of them that was out there you know uh, moving weight and things of that sort, you know, uh, selling crack and things like that. Then you had some other members of the GDs who were just dusty stick-up kids. Just dusty niggas just sticking up folks. And I'm like, God damn, like this documentary I believe was made in 2016 or 2017. And it's like it's still dusty-ass stick-up kids out here. And they're talking about they like the rush and the fast money. is because you fucking lazy. You don't want to work. You don't want to grind. You don't want to get yours. You know, this robbery shit is just a dusty nigga hustle. That's all that it is. It's just a dusty ass hustle, and you just a jealous ass hater. There's somebody out there grinding and getting it, and you ain't got shit going for you, but you just know how to point a gun at somebody and say, run it. It's just a lazy ass fucking hustle. So, uh, may that brother, you know, Kyle LaFleur, rest in peace. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, it, it hit the north side hard. Um, just to come back home from where you from and enjoy your peoples and have some dusty jealous ass nigga take your life that that that's fucked up you know and he had to take kyle's life because kyle was nice with them hands um he was in the army army sergeant but he uh he took first place in um, a hand-to-hand -hand combat um tournaments and uh, he was always in you know doing that that army hand-to-hand -hand judo type stuff so he didn't want to he didn't want to see kyle hand-to-hand -hand. he didn't want to see him with that you know because he knew he was nice with them hands so he you know so this dusty nigga just you know just took his life outside of the club which is just fucked up to the utmost degree this man is out here serving his country it was in war torn middle east do, did two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, two tours of peace, and he came home to some bullshit like this, and it's, it's just a damn shame, and it just, <coughs> it's just sad to see that, and it's also sad um, seeing black intellectuals go at it, you got like Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, and then uh, Professor uh, Cornell West, you know, going back and forth on some shit, you know, these black intellectuals, and then you got you know, the street intellectuals, the black street intellectuals who have the people behind them going at each other like Tariq and um, and uh, Dr. Umar. You know, it's one of those things where you just like, it reminds me of um, 
of what Nelly Fuller says, and he's talking about how black people are just toxic if they get if they don't get together with an agenda. If they don't have an agenda, they're just fucking toxic. And uh, you know, this is a horrible way to start out the new the new year. Um, but you know, my advice to black folks is to you know stay on code. Um, I think I'm gonna have to break down some codes just to stay on and to keep you and your family on code and if we all on that same code then we'll be a-okay because i mean it just shows that there's just so much jealousy and envy out here if there's a black person doing something right and um it just turns into you know just ugliness and bitterness and then that self-hatred just rises to the top and it's easier you know to just shit on somebody that looks like you instead of you know attacking the system in place that got us into this goddamn position but I went off on a tangent, but I just want to say to that young man, uh, Kyle LaFleur, may you rest in power, rest in peace. And uh, Black Omaha, uh, my folks down north, if y'all know anything, you know, if y'all know the dusty nigga running around here, you know, with his jewelry, with Kyle's jewelry, you know, you're going to have to put him on Front Street and call Crime Stoppers and uh, get this man up out the paint. I mean, it's 2018, we're off that lazy hustle shit. You know what I'm saying? And we off that envy and jealousy shit. But um, this has been episode 110 of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, nothing but love and respect to everybody out there. Oh, and uh, fuck the mother of that kid from that H&M uh, coolest monkey in the zoo or in the jungle sweatshirt. This motherfucker, his mama was talking about that uh, people are making a big deal out of it. So she can eat a whole bowl of hot steaming dicks out here saying ain't nothing wrong with that because that check cleared. God damn, we got to stop, you know, selling out our fucking kids. You know, you can't put your kid on the coon train caboose like that. That's just fucked up. But anyways, I love y'all and I respect y'all and I will see y'all next week. One.